Good afternoon. Good afternoon and uh, welcome. This is Lifetime Live with me, Chris Alda Dutumashe, and that's our front page uh, with African Jazz Pioneers. And uh, we're having this conversation today. I mean, our leaders are all making um, headlines and front pages for all the wrong reasons uh, uh, quite lately. And this is a conversation that uh, we've been having for some time. Black management, it, was it Black Leadership um, SA, uh, made a very interesting pronouncements and saying that uh, South Africa is being divided into three groups, an elite who benefit uh, from patronage and corruption, uh, those who are fearful to do anything about it, and uh, the last group are millions uh, who suffer as a result of uh, these two um, groups that I started with. And uh, to help us uh, just unpack how much of a challenge this is for South Africa, I'm joined on the line by Professor Jerem Reddy, who is a chairperson of the Council of uh, Deben University of Technology and former director of the UN University International Leadership Institute. Good afternoon and welcome, Professor. Thank you so much for taking our call. Good afternoon, Chriselda, and good afternoon to the listeners. It's good to join you in this program. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for for having this conversation with us. Uh, Should we be concerned as South Africans? Do we have a leadership crisis? I was the chair of the Council of the Urban University of Technology. I retired last year. And having said that, you know, look, we did have a crisis in leadership, as we noticed from the previous leaders and, you know, in the provincial, local and, you know, governments. We had, you know, a real crisis in leadership. Mm-hmm. But I think we have taken a turn for the better with the election of the new president, Ramaphosa, and, you know, and the uh, replacements of new boards at ESCOM, the South African Airways uh, and SABC and so on. I think that we have got a better crop of leaders, including in Ramaphosa's cabinet, and we could look forward to a better future. And when we um, look at the current political um, leadership uh, and, and how I mean, issues of corruption, issues of concerns raised by uh, communities are raised and, and dealt with, uh, should we be concerned as South Africans? And if so, what is it that uh, ordinary folk can do? First of all, I think that we should be concerned and very rightly looking at corruption, looking at what's going on in, you know, in the Northwest now. And it's very good that civil society is generally reacting. But let me just, you know, mention a few principles about leadership. Uh, when we look at leaders, you know, for the future, we must be careful not to look at the kind of messiah, whether it's a Ramaphosa and so on, a heroic big leader. But we should look at leaders who can assemble a team of people around them. Mm. And, you know, and we call sometimes refer this as distributed leadership, dispersed leadership, democratic leadership. And I think if leaders assemble a good crop of people around them, that is half the battle won. And secondly, when we look at leaders and sort of looking at charismatic leaders, at the central quality should be qualities of integrity, of ethics, of humility, and being able to serve the people. And then when we look at leadership, we also tend to focus on the leader. But the leader has followers, and the followers they all operate in a particular context, and there mm-hmm. is a purpose about leadership. So leadership is quite a complex phenomenon, and we have to take all of these things into account. And the followers who are really civil society can play a very critical role in how leadership operates. 
And and Prof, how challenging is leadership in a democratic um, state? Uh, wherein, I mean, the majority view uh, rules. And sometimes, as you rightfully say, that uh, you're wanting to surround yourself with people who are sold to your vision. Um, but if majority is not sold to that vision, what then? Yes, I mean, that is always the danger, you know. If you look at people like Trump or the way they, they function, you can have very like-minded people around you and ignoring, you know, the realities of the country and the realities of the world. Mm. Therefore, you need to have critical voices around you uh, that, you know, that you need to listen to, sometimes disagreeing with you, so you get a much more realistic view of a country of the needs not only of the majority, of the minority, and in our country, especially the poor and the disadvantaged. And I think we need need to listen to all kinds of voices so that leadership can be more assertive, more democratic, more just, and Mm. so on. And then we also have leadership and service, uh, wherein at times would place uh, leaders who not necessarily have uh, the skills to manage huge budgets. Uh, would you then advise that uh, perhaps uh, in a young democracy uh, that it's it's more feasible to have um, you know the national office uh, running uh, the PES as opposed to uh, directing it to provinces? Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the big problems of the past has been cadre de- uh, deployment. You know, we live in a fairly sophisticated, in a, a knowledge-intensive, into a technologically you know, intensive world. Mm-hmm. And here you need leaders who are educated, who are skilled, who have experience, who have integrity. And many of our public institutions lack that. Mm. But I hope the new president is going to see not ANC supporters or this party is going to get the best possible people into positions, you know, critical positions in the civil service, in the SOEs and so on. And I think he's beginning to do that. And we have a lot of people there. And even if you put them there, you have people to be humble and to say they would learn on the job because leadership is a lifetime, you know, uh, thing about learning. You All the time you will make mistakes, but you have to learn from them. Mm. And and there's also a challenge of uh, uh, lack of willingness um, to then learn and, and recognize what skills uh, one needs and, and, and therefore uh, going and, and acquiring the knowledge necessary. Yeah, that's a very important point you make. You know, once you put people there in the position, sometimes we may lack the skills, but if we are willing to learn, that would be fine. And that is the kind of the thing the president and the senior leaders, when they are appointing positions, people to these critical positions, they have to see that, you know, people may not be super qualified, yeah. but they are, you know, have the capacity to listen and to learn. And all the time, if we do that, then we will be on the right track. All right, we're taking your calls and comments and SMSs. And uh, the question we asked, do we have a leadership crisis in South Africa, whether politically uh, or economically? Give us a call on 0891-104-207. You can also SMS us on 40938. SMS is charged at 150. And uh, we are speaking right now to Professor Jerem Reddy, who is a chairperson, former chairperson of the council uh, at the Deben University of Technology. Call Criselda now. 0891 104 207. 
It is um, Lifetime Live with Chris Alda and we're taking your calls right now as we talk about leadership crisis in South Africa. Um, is it exaggerated or is it indeed a reality as it stands? And uh, taking your calls right now, we go all the way to Johannesburg and speak to Hope. Good afternoon and welcome. Uh, good uh, good day, Chris uh, uh, The take on the topic is that uh, the problem of leadership is not is not uh, starting in the political sphere. If you look at the political leaders who, saw, for example, who founded the ANC, many of them were coming from other profession, from various professions, could be teaching, journalism, religion, and so on. Mm. So the problem is that almost all sectors of society in South Africa are affected by leadership weaknesses, issues of ethics, issues yeah. of integrity, mm. honesty are actually bedeviling almost all institutions of our society. And therefore, in the political realm, the same people who come from those very sectors then impact negatively in the political arena because uh, you are not born a political activist. Mm -mm. You are born uh, uh, so-and-so, belonging to to particular institutions of society. And then those weaknesses are then brought into the political realm. You have, for example, violence in our society impact negatively on political organizations. You find violence there, but it happens in families, it happens in communities. So you are correct. The problem is uh, in almost all institutions. I mean, you read very funny stories about in, in religious institutions, in sports organizations, in NGOs. And then you also have it in the, in the political arena. So when we talk leadership, let's talk about how do we build ethical leadership and leadership with integrity in all institutions, starting in our families. Mm. I hope, you know, I, I would like to pose a question to you. I know Professor is also uh, joining us on the line. Um, I, I'll have him also give his input. Um, Pastor Ray McCauley said something that was profound not so long ago, that, um, you know, crisis is a culmination of issues that have not been dealt with uh, properly, that have not been managed properly, and South African leadership is guilty as charged. What's your take on this? I mean, I, I have a bit of a problem with that approach. For example, women are facing an avalanche of assault, killings, so uh, we, we need an answer there. Who has not addressed what? When we, for ages and ages, this issue of women abuse has been going on. Children are being raped. So I, I'm just saying that the, the, the crisis of our society requires us that firstly we take individual, individual and collective responsibility. Because if all of us do not want to take responsibility, firstly, yeah. as individuals, and then we expect collectives to take uh, responsibility, but collectives are made by individuals. So I I, I do understand what the Pastor uh, 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 Macaulay is saying, but there are far deeper problems. Uh, for example, dishonesty, ethics. I mean, you don't ethics. You can go to university and be taught ethics, but if you are not as an individual prepared to be an ethical person. Um, whatever courses you attend on ethics will not actually help. So it's, the leadership issue is quite big. Uh, it's, uh, it, it happens, and people normally take shortcuts by mm. saying political uh, realm. You go to almost, I mean, you know, almost all institutions, 
you will find the fraudulent people there, yeah, yeah. people who do funny things. They want to <laughs> benefit at the expense of others. And it has affected almost all institutions of our society. Thank you. Thank you very much, Hope. Uh, thank you for that input. Now, Professor, your, your, your input, I mean, when we talk about uh, deeper issues that are not dealt with, that are, are beginning to just crop up in society um, as, as ills uh, emanating and stemming uh, from not uh, dealing with uh, uh, challenges of our past, would you agree with that sentiment? Priscilla, are you posing the question to me? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think that, you know, partly, you know, we come from a long colonial and apartheid history. And the last 10 years, Zuma years, has not helped up, helped us. So there's a c- accumulation of problems over the many years. And this has resulted in violence, the assault against, you know, women in our country, and the lack of ethics and integrity and leadership. All of these things are facing us now, you know, some 20, 25 years, Mm. you know, into the new democracy we have got to face. And I think the important thing that right at the top, we need to have a role model with ethics and integrity. And I think at the moment, you know, it may not be ideal, but that's the best we can have in our new president. So I think at least he'll be a role model to set the pace and so on. But at every level in appointing our leadership, we should insist on the qualities of ethics and integrity, of the respect for women and children, of the respect for justice, of the respect for nonviolence. And those are the qualities that we must all, at whatever level we are, whether we are parent at home, a teacher, a trade union leader, an SRC leader. And as somebody, one of your callers said, it is a collective responsibility we must all take and espouse these values, which are at the center of our new democracy, at the center of our constitution. Mm, mm. Now, Prof, we have to take a news break and I uh, wanted to take uh, the next caller, but I'm, I'm afraid I'll, I'll be pressed for time in trying to get them um, to just summarize uh, their question inputs in, in just a half a second. Um, so I'm going to suggest that you... Uh, you note whatever question, uh, comment they have when we return, and we invite you to give us, uh, send us your messages. SMS four zero nine three eight. SMS is charged at one hundred and fifty, and we continue taking your calls on zero eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. But first, uh, first has uh, the news headlines with Utsilesak. All right, uh, we'll take uh, Mr. Mlambo in Thunderbale Park, and I'm hoping that you'll be able to round your thoughts in 30 seconds. Yeah, okay. Uh, good afternoon, how are you? Good, thanks, and you? Okay, yeah. Uh, the main problem we are having as a, as a society is because we don't want to make things right. We are always pinpointing there's apartheid, there's the society which is this, there's a society which is that. When we go and pinpoint, there's nobody who was right from the beginning. Biblically, Abraham was not right. Jacob was not right. Hmm. So what we have is a problem. Let's see how we can solve this problem now. We don't need to blame anybody to say this and that. This ethics. Who, uh, we go, uh, Mandela. How many wives has got Mandela? How many children? If you can find that one, then we go to ethics. So now let's not blame about ethics. 
But I guess, Mr. Mlambo, Mr. Mlambo, ethics come in when you know what the policies, the PMFA policies are, but you choose to flout them. And this has nothing to do with how many children uh, one has. When when there are policies that guide uh, and help us to govern and we do not follow those policies, um, okay. processes and procedures, that's where the ethic um, uh, okay. you know, comes in. According to the ethics, let's come to the ethics. If your relatives find you a wife and then after that you got a child and you run away, you leave your wife, you go and find another wife in the urban areas. That is not ethics. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for your input. I guess we can take the news headlines now with Utsile Sago. All right, uh, continuing our conversation uh, with uh, Professor Jeram, uh, Jeram Reddy, who is a, a former chairperson of the Council of Deben uh, University of Technology, as we reflect on uh, leadership crisis in South Africa. Is it a reality or just a myth? And uh, taking your messages. Now, Prof, uh, I read an article and also watched this on one of the television channels um, that out of 1,843 councillors, 234 have some schooling, 322 have metric only, uh, four have no schooling background whatsoever, and these individuals are entrusted with matters of governance and public finances. Um, and and is, is really this expecting too much uh, from in individuals who just simply want to serve? I could not agree with you more, Chris, although it is sad that, you know, where we have in this country, we have talents, we have ability, we have many black people with qualifications, mm. and it's astonishing that you get such, you know, unqualified people appointed to those critical posts. And I hope now, you know, all those ministers responsible for these decisions will put their foot down and see, you know, that these uh, various levels of government, we've got competent, ethical people that are appointed to these positions. And sometimes you may not be highly qualified, but if you're prepared to learn, if you're prepared to have ethics and integrity, we can be in a much better position than we are at the moment. And looking at uh, the crisis in the Northwest, and and I see, um, you know, almost frustration from um, be it media or, or society or even the groups uh, that are po- opposing the current leadership. Does leadership necessarily mean that uh, you act speedily, that things have to be done now? Yes, I mean, one would expect that to happen, you see, but as what we can see there, the ANC should be acting on all the basis of the evidence. You know, the the ANC should be acting decisively to remove the premier. But I think the ANC at the moment is a very divided body. And we are seeing those divisions, you know, leading to the delay of a resolution of this crisis. Professor, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. I hope the conversation uh, continues as uh, we reflect on where we are as South Africans and uh, just identifying what each role, um, uh, what each can play as a role as we build a South Africa that we can all be proud of. Thank you very much for having me on your program. It's been a pleasure. 
and good luck with the rest of the program. Thank you. Thank you very much. That is uh, Professor Jiram uh, Jerem Reddy, who is a former chairperson of the Council of uh, Devon University of Technology and former director of uh, UN University uh, International Leadership Institute. And uh, we take a music break. When we come back, it's words of wisdom. We are just going to have that wow moment that gets us uh, to do things better and be better people. Here's Aretha Franklin with uh, Wonderful.